2: Hello, and welcome to the podcast, the Nature and Countryside podcast from BBC Country Farm magazine. My name is Fergus Collins, and I'm the host of the podcast. And welcome to our season of 14 episodes that we're calling A Taste of the Countryside. We're celebrating food and drink, and especially those farmers and food producers who work alongside nature and the environment as they go about their business. And this week, we're in a brewery in Dorset in the company of our good friend Kevin Parr. Naturalist, writer, angler, and man of beer. Join him as he goes behind the scenes of the Soane Abbas Brewery to meet not just the folk who make the beer, but the local farmer who grows the barley that goes into the brewing. So fill your glass with a cooling ale and sit back to enjoy a blissful summer's day deep in the heart of the countryside. I've just sought the shade of a sycamore, which.
0: Uh... Is welcome today. Sort of first settled hot spell of early summer. I can sneak up to the edge of a field and just look to where I've been, which is a Giant Hill at Cern Abbas in Dorset. I can see the outline of the um, of the figure from here. Some dispute as to how old this chalk figure is. It could well be Saxon. Theories recently uh, unearthed that um, point to that. It's which it would make it a lot older than the white horses that sort of appear on the hills up in Wiltshire, especially. Anyone who doesn't know it, it's a huge figure of a man holding a club, and nothing's left to the imagination. <laughs> it's often regarded as a symbol of fertility, there's, there's various legends about its potency, that perhaps spending time there in various shapes or forms or <laughs> situations might aid fertility but it's a well-known spot and I'm just walking back now i just had a quick walk around the bottom only to look for uh, butterflies and I saw plenty it's a little bit late now for Duke of Burgundy which do occur here but uh, I saw my first marbled white of the year so that was rather nice. Meadow browns and small heaths out in force, a couple of small blues which was very pleasant and it's and oh Burnett Moss just by the thousand there everywhere. I'm just going to wander back down now to the little bridge which crosses the River Cern, which is just a short chalk stream, a tributary of the Frame. And I'm going to follow it downstream. I'm doing this journey slightly, slightly to cock because um, that's a terrible pun actually, given given what I'm looking at, Um, I'm actually going to visit a brewery which is about half a mile downstream and then I'm going to visit a farm thereafter where the barley from which the beer is brewed is grown organically but I'm sort of following the route of the stream which always seems appropriate to me at least so I'm floating downstream. Really sickly, I should go to the farm first. But uh, it does bookend the process of, the, of brewing, so it, it works okay, I think. And this is a stream, a little river that I think Fergus knows because I'm pretty sure this is where he caught his first ever fish. I think he caught a little trout. I might have made that up. I'll have to double check with him. Or maybe he can edit this bit out if it's wrong. I won't pause at the bridge. There are kids playing in it, which is great to see. Um, probably won't make for particularly good listening. That breeze, oh God, that's nice. And I shall um, join you again when I reach the brewery. Cheers! Cheers! I've just met Vic. Who? Uh, I've just met you, Ken. <laughs> And uh, Vic has started me off with a, with a pint of Responsibly. Please drink Responsibly, yes. Um, which is a 2.8% really lovely hoppy drink. And I am at the Cern Abbas Brewery, which yeah. um, is just south of the village. Um, we can see the giant, or the giant can see us, as Vic said, looking down. It's a fantastic setup. We're in a barn. With lots of old sofas and chairs and there's a lo- lovely buzz about the place. There's a few people arriving for pints. You open every day, do you? Yeah, or-
3: they're taking some bagging boxes home with them. Mr Gleason. He's um Yeah, he's got ten litres of ale, I think. Fantastic. Yep. And and where did it start for you then, brewing? Me? I started in the other valley. I started over in, in Piddle Valley at Piddle Brewery. And um I got headhunted by a bigger brewery in Salisbury. Jody, my business partner, has—he's just come out of his marriage—and we started off Cern Abbas Brewery, and
0: here we are now. And you take water. I'm guessing the Cern River Cern's just what 50 yards down here. The water ceremoniously passed by the
3: giant. Oh, okay. of course, <laughs> of course, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, all drawn from the borehole as well. The waters of Cern Abbas, which. The reason that St. Abbas is obviously here is because of the water. There was the Silver Well or St. Augustine's well. Do we want to go rambling on in the history of Stern Abbas? Two please. Up yeah, yeah. Saint no, Abbas, quick rundown. Yeah. Is that um, we had an abbey, started in late 900s. King Canute came along, smashed it all up, terrible behaviour from the man. He went off and Christianity came back, I yeah, sorry about that, helped with the building of the Abbey. Now, this is all around the water Kev, the magical waters. So, in 1166 Father Bernard, he left the Abbey because St. Abbey was a bit raucous they had a massive, massive brewery. Father Bernard left Sir Abbas to carry on his brewing and started brewing in Burn-on-Trent so, to replicate the waters of Sir Abbas. So, it's got a lot in that there, water, Kev. Yeah. Not just hydrogen and oxygen, you. Yeah. There's more
0: to it than that. This is a special, yeah. Ooh. Well, it's a chalk stream, but it's also... As a it lot.
3: is, it is chalk stream. We've also sat on a big belt of green sand. Mm. Comes all the way down from Wincanton, passes through Minturn, and you've got Lady Abingdon's Well in the gardens at Minturn. Water running through this green belt of sand all through the... Chalky geology, we're very, very lucky. Yeah. So we're just drawing it straight out and making beer. And you get your barley from. Godmanston, that's just further down the valley, other side of Neverson, hey, that is, that's Will Best. And him and Pam, what they've done with the organic farm is very inspirational, very, very inspirational. The the barley then goes from Will back up to Warminster Maltins. (coughs) Right. And that's um, that's the floor-malted Maltsters. It's fundamentally, it's a working museum. Everything's done by hand. Wow. (coughs) I've been, yeah, I've been going in, seeing them for, I think it's 12 years now. It's it's incredible. kind of stuff happens in our trade? And brewing's a a bit of an incestuous industry, to be (laughs) fair. (laughs) Everybody... knows everybody and we're all a band of brothers and sisters and there's not too much secrecy behind none 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 at all there's nothing about anybody's going to be doing differently to anybody else we're just taking water, barley, hops, yeast other things if you want to go fruits or vegetables presumably the barley's all coming up in one hit they malt it all in one go and then you grind it to order right so we could take it a tonne at a time. And of course, when we've made the beer with it. Yes. Back down to Will, for one of the brews, <clears throat> because he's got his pigs, And every now and then we do have some lovely swine to celebrate a Sunday with. Um, and um, the rest of the barley goes back to our landlords because we're on a dairy farm. Yeah. So that goes back in to feed the girls for all um, for our milk. It's fantastic. Which you can buy straight in a village shop. Yeah. That <laughs> gets took down there by the churn. It's just, it's, it's yeah. idyllic. And it's all coming together. It's all the strands are weaving in. And the, the more strands that we weave in, the stronger we will
0: become. Absolutely. And the lovely thing as well, you're talking about the history of CERN. Ooh. And that's how things would have worked back then. It would have been it very would have localised. been localised. Exactly.
3: Ah! Matt!
0: come up here man have you met Matt before uh, funnily enough I met Matt last summer and yeah <laughs> I, I found out a grass snake do you remember the? yeah yeah yeah,
4: yeah, yeah that was awesome one yeah. of the best <laughs> the night foraging days I've <laughs> done good to see you buddy
3: yeah, it's the coldest hand in Dorset feel that we've
0: cool. <laughs> uh, just been joined by um, Matt Follis who's a chef I knew you you won MasterChef a, a few years ago now 13 years 13 years ok but you're certainly, you're, you're not a native, you're Australian, I believe. Oh, and, ouch, oh dear. ouch, I'm a Kiwi. Oh, you a yeah. Kiwi? Yeah, I know. Got, I'm gonna rewind got... that bit. Do <laughs> you still restauranting or?
4: Yeah, a bit of restaurant, but if we do foraging days, we make liqueurs. Yeah. You can
0: buy these liqueurs here, obviously. Fantastic.
3: It's of course.
4: Available at Sir <laughs> <available laughs> <at laughs> <Sturman's> Brewery. <laughs> obviously, we stock, we stock Vicks beers. Yeah, yeah. Loving the look of that one that you've got on the bottom of the board, the meadow sweet and yarrow. And yeah, I talk nonsense about how to make beer when I'm on the course, but it's nice to see oh, someone perfect. actually doing it. Yeah. Do, do you make it yourself? I don't. I make. Well, we make liqueurs. Um, I, I make a bit of wine occasionally for personal use. And when we do our foraging days, we you know we talk a lot about how to do it. So, yeah. So. Fermentation. There. Yeah. Yeah. Fermentation. Fermentation is legal. Distillation is not. Well, I so. would know anything about distillation. on Brewer. Absolutely. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> <laughs> no moonshine stills here. No, civilized countries like New Zealand, you're allowed to distill exactly. for personal use. Yeah, exactly. So not in the UK, we do license. have. a, little a, while a though, though, I, Yeah, we can have a look yeah, at that, that at some point. And for making perfume, I see. Of course. Yes. Or vinegar. Vinegars. Yeah. 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 The only legal way of distilling is um, freezing. You can, you oh, can to out. change the alcohol content, but. I don't think I'd want the revenue knocking on my door. No, thank what, you. you we get our duty returns exactly. in on time. Yeah, but you've got your malt bill
3: with your maltsters. You've got your hot bill with your hot merchants and water from the ground. And yeah. well, obviously, there's obviously the duty, which is the biggest cost of everything that we
0: own. Yeah. But that's the man. And how do you, when you're creating a a brew, and what sort of quantities are you looking at in difference in in an amount of malt, the amount of we, Pop saw. we go for it every
3: time. Um, when I first did my first brew when we was over in Jeddook, that's your only leap of faith. I went for something that I knew was where I wanted to be. Then we went for the first four brews, slightly different. And was when Jody was coming out of the pub, we put yep. all four beers on the handles, with one, two, three and four shoebox with bits of paper for various degrees of abuse and let us know which ones that you um, like the most um, it came out number three <clears throat> so then we did it for a couple of weeks and I've looked back through these recipes recently because I've gone back through all, the, sort of, all of that and it was um, it's incredible how close they are to what we're doing Really, yeah, nothing's really ventured that far and from one beer we kind of lead into another one and then we do the seasonal beers which we have no recipe for so you've got your core range and then during the lockdown was brilliant because we didn't have to keep people going oh we want this one we want this one and yeah. the more people that shout we want it we have to brew it we're not sure whether we're making everything we sell or we're selling everything we make or how it's all working but we literally as soon as it's made it's gone and we operate at that speed and of course when the pubs aren't around taking casts and casts of beer we could brew what we want. Yeah. And I ventured down the route of um I started with echinacea, so I thought that'd be good if there's virus going about and colds, help your immune system. And yarrow, mugwort, meadow sweet.
0: Meadowsweet is a I, I'm guessing you use that Yeah yeah, yeah. Hmm.
4: Yarrow's good as well. Yeah. Yeah, mugwort helps with the uh, I don't know mugwort. Yeah. It's a uh, first cousin to wormwood. Which you put oh in right! Better yes, as, as Cynthia. yes, yeah. yeah. So, but um, what do you use it for? Flavor or? Ah, it's all for bit, flavor, smelling. Yeah, it's got quite a strong flavor, so people used to use it. Um, you'd, before you'd hot it yeah. over your over your uh, fireplace, your hearth, to keep the bad spirits away. Oh and then right. when you go to a new house, you light that bunch, which is nice and dry, and whisk it around the house as a as a smudge. And that, that's where people these days use sage, which is a, a, a cousin of it. But um, wormwood or mugwort's the one that you use as a smudge stick to get the bad spirits out of oh, your need Oh, fantastic. And it tastes nice, yeah. And it tastes good. Perfect. It's a nice tea. Mm. And you get... Um,
0: so it's a cleansing beer, as
3: you think. <laughs> yeah. Also, we, we, what you've got to remember is that people have been making beers for a long time before been doing them with hops. Yeah when the Abbey was, there was no hops when the Abbey was about, so they would have been using whatever was about and stuff, and you read books and things. It's kind of arcing back to that going forward, and the beers years ago would have been a bit grubbier than they are now, but because it's fermented you're not going to get diphtheria and all those wonderful things, it's actually good for you. So um, why not just have a little step back in the into the past. We, the one that Mount was saying about, it, the grew it went into the Dorchester Beer X and I brewed it with Anthony at Copper Street Brewery, my fierce business rival from Dorchester. Right, <laughs> Yeah, I wore Anthony, Man and Anne. So there's no hops, straight in with what we kind of all bought along and procured. In it all went, 8% as well. And uh, yeah, it, it's, it's incredible, but now there's a couple of bottles left on the shelf, there's 20 litres in the coal store and that's gone we'll go in the in a bit we've got um, ginger fox brewing at the minute and that's got 40 kilos of fresh ginger went in yesterday oh mate you wait till you get a nose full of that yeah. it is handsome all the ginger in there that's fermenting away it's on the second day of fermentation so it would be kicking and smelling on nice Excellent. We'll go and have a whiff of that that'd be yeah, lovely yeah to go, go and have there. a look you can have a chat about that we can catch up with jody then yeah that'd be the great Invisible man he's in there but he's brewing legless jester in a minute
0: fantastic well we'll head on on, on inside inside and and see what's happening brilliant let's do that we have stepped inside the hub yes
3: (laughs) back in the middle
0: (laughs) (laughs) and i'm being encouraged up a ladder yes please
3: get up that ladder again stick your nose over the top of that whoa i know
0: that is God, that is ginger kidding, heaven. Sorry. That is yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. That's, God, that's like the nicest smelling ginger beer. Jody.
3: What? How much ginger went in that, then, you? How much? Yeah.
1: 40 kilos.
0: 40 kilos. This is Jody. Hi, Jody. Hello. You're, and you're partners with fit I guess yeah not
1: in the biblical sense but
0: no no but obviously doing most of the hard work by the it, always up, yeah <laughs> <laughs> how did you get into brewing
1: well I had one of the pubs in the village but managing that um,
0: in Cern yeah in
1: a Giant oh yep yeah. and uh, when Vic moved down he'd come and drink in it and I said, I want to put a brewery, yeah. you know, it'd nice to have a brewery in the pub, and then that didn't work out. But he went off brewing at Piddle and then Salisbury and bits and bobs. And then um, when, that's when the pub finished, we ended up going in partnership with the boy the kit and started there. And here yeah. we are eight years later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> super. And these are mash tons, I take it. Are they, this, uh, this is uh, fermentation vessels, these three here. Yeah? And then okay. you've got a uh, hot liquor tank mash tun there. Obviously all the barley goes in, get the sugar out of the barley, goes in the copper, boil that up, add the hops, transfer it into there, fermentation vessel, add the yeast and off we go. Wow. What's it, what's that? <laughs> I mean yeah. and this. I mean it's the
0: smell here is incredible.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that ginger is quite a you know, smell that smell that amazing. Come. But it's also warm, I guess that's just the machinery, or do you need a temperature? Yeah, a lot of sort obviously, obviously the machines a lot of that and also behind you the there that's just been boiling oh, right. a big vessel there so a lot of steam out of that so yeah it gets quite warm.
0: So if right. the barley goes in you're getting the sugars out. That's it yeah we extract the sugars out, we what
1: they call sparge in it so we, we basically fill it from, from the bottom uh, with hot water yeah 65 degrees and then we sparge over the top a, and as the, uh, the water sinks through the barley it drags the sugar out and then we transfer it into the copper fill that up, um, and then, like I said, boil that and then add the hops. Then.
0: So it's just the sugars you want from the barley?
1: Yeah, and then obviously the stronger beers have more sugar to turn into alcohol. Right. And that's, you know, that's the
0: process. And will that process take all the sugar out of whatever's in there, or can you get more?
1: You can, yeah, I mean, we, we try and get as much as you can, so a nice slow sparge, um, nice and gentle, and it'll get, you know, get more, uh, get more sugar out of it that way. Uh, for the stronger beers, we we might have eight to ten bags of of malted barley in it. For the for the weaker ones, you know, six six bags, seven bags. Right.
0: How many liters are you going on to make from?
1: It's about an average. It's about nine hundred. Right. Oh wow. Eight, eight, nine hundred. And when when we do a bottling run, we fill it right up, and then that gives us a thousand liters.
0: And then that goes off the bottling, comes back nicely bottled for us. Fantastic. So how do you, silly question, how do you get it out of out there? What do you put it in to go off to bottling? into barrels, I guess? Or? No,
1: it goes in a, like a giant bagging box, 1,000 litre IBC sort of. Really? Yeah, <laughs> that we, that we, that we put, pull the van up there with the box on it. Um, we don't have a full lift, so it's sort of done a bit, you know, Whoa. sort of a bit old-fashioned, but yeah. it pipes running through the brewery into it, and, um, you know, off it goes. Yeah,
0: how many hours do you, this is obviously full-time, but... You're in here most no, of the time. Than, it's more than four times. I <laughs> <laughs> was here. Seven days a week. Virtually, yeah.
1: <laughs> We've got to keep an eye on it. Though. So, yeah. temperature variations, um, checking the gravities, uh, making sure it's not you know, not too hot, not too cold. If it gets too cold, we add heaters to it, you know, kick the yeast back in. Um, and then we crash cool it when it's got to the relevant gra- uh, gravity you want. Um, crash cool it. And then that stops the yeast from, from being active and then the yeast will go dormant then. And then you can transfer it into one of those vessels with your conditioning tank, which um, sort of force carbonates the beer, gives it a bit of life. And it's in there for a couple of days, depending on you know, depending on how, how the beer is. And then, then we rack it from that into cask. Right,
0: amazing, yeah. And are you happy uh, making it or selling it? Oh, making it,
1: yeah? Yeah, without a doubt, yeah. Yeah. I suppose, especially. And drinking it, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. You know, it you must be tough, actually. <laughs> You've got to try it, haven't you? Yeah. You yeah. We, 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 we were told that by the HMRC man. He said, You've got to make sure that it's right. So we do. We, 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 you know, we stick by the rules. Yeah, of course. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Thank, thank, you thank you very much. That's really? right. yeah, no, no. Thank you. We've gone through the, the process of the brewery, and now we're standing outside where. Things are being enjoyed. It's Friday afternoon, sun shining, early summer. What's not like about it's that, just, eh? It's just perfect. There's <laughs> obviously people at regular faces that pop yep. in and absolutely enjoy some beers. And this must, well, make you really happy on a day like this. Oh, it's no place like it really, is there? Swallows wheeling around uh, yeah. the farmyard. It's perfect. What a fantastic enterprise that's... Um,
3: well, you you. We haven't even talked about our hops growing up the side of the barn, have you? Whoa wee! I know, it just doesn't stop does it mate, <laughs> look at that. it just doesn't
0: stop. Better have a look at the hops I on little, the side. Have
3: a little wander up and have a look at these here hops. Well, the granddaughter of Jester, I think they're sisters of Harlequin, Right. Um, so yeah it's all from the British hop breeding programme, and um, run by great friends of Charles Farham, hot merchants which obviously the greatest hot merchants in the world and that's just because they are the best and the biggest and um yeah so the hot breeding program obviously we've got a few of these binds up every September the second Saturday of September we pick the um, cones off these and then they're all going what, to be on that day. What's
0: significant about that date? It's those vests you. <laughs> second Saturday of September is it? <laughs> We've yeah, got so
3: they're, they're grown on the, the barbed wire now as well, which is
0: lovely. Fantastic.
3: And then, um, of course, just past the hop, across the field of barley, I think you couldn't make that up, really, because you? Yeah, no, look at that. You could just, we're actually looking at the giant across the field
0: of barley um, with hops to our left with the blue sky. And 50 yards from the water from which it's made. And looking back down at the, well, it's busy, it's buzzing, it's lovely. Thank you so much for your time. Really oh, appreciate okay. it. Brilliant, thank you very no much. No worries. Cheers. Mm. I've just um it's finishing a mouthful of biscuit <laughs> and I'm sitting beneath an apple tree in a lovely little garden which is a proper a farm garden really. It's nice and overgrown with some nice smells. We're being danced around by Swallows, martins and swifts, buzzard drifting over, it's idyllic. And I'm with Will Best, who is the man who produces the barley from which the beer that I've just sampled is brewed. Will, thank you very much for having me. How long have you been
5: here? Well, it'll be 75 years come October. Really? <laughs> actually, my wife and I have actually been the farmers of it for, I think it's 51 years wow maybe 52 I'm not quite sure <laughs> um, yeah well it's, it's, it's an interesting story about the brewery because when I was 66 my, my left knee completely gave out and uh, we were dairy farmers mainly and the cereals that we did grow were for the cows to eat Yeah. and um, the farm been organic since the 80s and uh, we have some pigs, and we used to have sheep, and we do a bit of arable and some thatching straw and all sorts. But the dairy was the main thing. But I couldn't, I could no longer get the cows in and milk them because my leg was just gone. And the doctor said, "Well, you you better retire, and then you can have a knee replacement." Um, so we did sell the dairy herd, which was quite a wrench. Um, and then I recovered from this knee operation, got a bit more mobile, but. We were doing some fairly sort of low-key, tick-over type farming, just grazing a few cattle and things. And Vic appears, probably then, went if the very start of his brewery and his first premises up the top of the hill and more or less bullied us into growing... <laughs> well, he didn't know, and to be fair, he, he, took, he took me up to the Maltsters for their open day up in Warminster, and the malts, Warminster Maltings is incredible. It's Grade One listed, and it's still doing what it was listed for, i.e., being a maltings. Wow! Yeah. And it's all still done by hand, and and so on. And um it was really, it was really marvellous. And of course, they gave us a few pints and one thing or the other. So, at the end of it, I said, "Okay, Vic, I'll I'll have a go at growing this barley for you." And the funny thing is that. I sowed my first winter cereals for my my own in 1970 and the two varieties, the wheat was Maris Wigeon yeah. and the barley was Maris Otter. And in 19, in 2021, guess which varieties we sowed, Maris Wigeon, because it's <laughs> very good for thatching straw as well as bread it's very good for bread as well in fact it's actually sought after as a bread flour by craft bakers oh really Oh um and maris otter because that is the variety of barley which is said to produce the best malt yes and of course breeding you know more recent breeding has tended to be look at yield and things like that but not really look at flavor and what, yeah. the end product?
0: I was going to ask because um, I read about Marisota and um, it's rarely grown now, I presume it's because it's it's not particularly successful economically
5: well but it's if... fairly it's fairly low yielding but of course, right. what happened, so anyway we put a few acres in and they malted it and Vic had it and it was all marvellous and the beer was good and, and they, the maltsters came back to us and said can you grow more can you grow more, because what it, I think what had happened was that they had gone to the craft brewers and say, look, we what you know um, we got this wonderful b- variety of barley, make the yeah. make best malt, make your best beer, and uh, Maris Otter, and they sort all of looked up and said, um, I take it it's organic. Oh, um, mm, we've only got one organic grower, <laughs> 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 and um, I mean, hopefully they're getting some more, but we can't grow a very it's not a very big farm we have to have with organic farming we've got to have a sensible rotation so we can only grow it you know in any one field what one year in seven or eight or something oh, right. yeah. so, so obviously we restricted the acreage we can grow and ho- hopefully they found some more growers but it's actually because it's so sought after they've been paying us a very good price for it so actually it started off as a favour to Vic, but actually I think Vic's done us a favour, getting us so it's
0: of nice, a, a real viability,
5: making us growers of it. It's quite a nice story.
0: That is, that's lovely. Yeah. And then, and, and obviously, organically, I mean, you're
5: it's well hard to compete. Oh, yield wise, yeah, yeah, yield wise. No, I mean, we we probably get half, maybe two thirds, the yield that the modern varieties would give the people growing it with the chemicals. Marasot
0: is autumn planting. Yes and, um, Or seeding I should say Yeah I mean how do you then Because when I was a kid growing up in Hampshire and lots of arable land Yeah And people Roguing was the big thing do you, To go out
5: We still do it you still here. rogue Brilliant We still Brilliant. do it here Yeah we've got probably next week It's not too hot We'd we better do the, the Winds Barley Because this As you realise We're pretty much in a drought situation here And everything's racing towards harvest too early yeah, in the seventies and eighties and that, we we all rode desperately, and we actually got so that it wasn't an issue on the farm for 10, 15 years. And then, when we weren't really looking, they started popping up. And one pops up one year, and you don't notice, and you've got about one hundred and fifty next year. <laughs> um, so it has become it has become more of an issue. But I I was just driving past the wheat this morning, and there was a great tall wild oats sticking out there I must get that one so I walked out in the field and the ground is so hard and dry I couldn't get the roots up really It just broke off I just I could not get the roots up Wow! I mean I'd have had to take a sort of garden fork to it or something yeah we're in a quite a drought situation
0: the soil here is varies all over the place around here are you on the green sand or
5: the chalk or are you no um it it's it's all on the chalk and um Robin Appel, the man who owns the maltings he jumps up and down and says, oh you've got Andover series, that's okay. the best soil for malting <laughs> really? Yeah, that's actually I think I'm right in saying because we have basically like a bit of variation in the soil and, and we have we have the clay cap which is like this layer of clay over the top or reddish clay and then on the slopes we have this lovely dark Soil just quite shallow on the chalk, but it's lovely soil. It's, I mean, all of it is absolutely jiggered with flints of all sizes. Yeah, I bet. Um, But people say, Cool, how'd you get on with these? I I don't know any different. (laughs) I mean, they rattle, you know, when you're (laughs) drilling or something, but, you know, we're used to it. And we obviously have to do a bit of rolling, Um, but but they're just part of life. Um, But so I think we are probably in the right place for malting barley the right variety get the soil in good heart through organic farming and and you get you get a good pint. well yeah the, the,
0: yes and i've i've now sampled yeah a few of uh, beers they're very nice and when i'm followed the path of the stream or the river down the valley but and obviously the journey from you to the brewery is is just a short ten minute
5: hop. Yeah but the but of course the barley has to go to warm instead to be yes. malted and come back. Yeah. So, so until Vic gets really enterprising and starts doing his own malting. Yes. I mean that would be that would be quite something but yeah it does have to go there and back but the the spent grains yeah my son has just driven up with the truck so they come straight back here as much as we want for our pigs. So that completes the circuit, yes, really. which is lovely. Well, so, what pigs are they? What's... Um, old spots, Oh, wow. old spots. Oh, lovely. No, we don't have very many. We keep a few. Nice fat bacon. I bet, and
0: really handsome animals as well.
5: Yes, they, they, they were called the orchard pig. But I don't think I'd dare let them loose in our orchard. We 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 have we have hens in our orchard. And that sort of seems to work all right. But I'm not sure old. Stigger and Minnie the sows would be terribly well behaved <laughs> in the no. orchard. I mean, I think to be fair I mean, they, they just used after they'd after they'd picked the apples, they just let them in for a bit to tidy up all the ones that were yeah. that yeah. were left. Because Stigger the main sow went when she was a youngster growing up, my son came back to moved into the cottage here and previous tenants years ago dumped all their rubbish at the end of the garden and it was just disappeared, you know. And we put an electric wire around it. And gave her a little hut. And every morning, I go in with a bucket of food, and I come out with a bucket of plastic she dug up. Really? She, would, she went through, dug up all the plastic, left it on the surface. I would pick it up.
0: Amazing. And is there any left now? Is it? No, no, it's all gone. Then.
5: <laughs> and my son, you know, he grassed it down. He's got or like, a sort of little bit of a hay meadow up there. Yeah. And um, it's the same with nettles. You know, you've got a bad nettle patch, well, the chemical boys will spray it, but we don't have that option. So so again, we put a wire around it, put a hut up, and keep them there long enough that they don't just eat the nettles, but they get all the roots up, and then we can seed it down again. Yeah, I've got a lot of time for pigs.
0: Yes, I bet, I bet. (laughs) And obviously, with it being an organic farm, I mean, we're seeing just the amount of... Here in Deans and Swifts that are wheeling round, insect life must be yeah pretty impressive. I yeah. guess. Yeah, yeah, I
5: think so. It's been a bit quiet, you know, because you know how it's been dry, but it's been relatively cold. Yeah. For sort of May June. Well, now it's really what really hot, and there's there's much more sort of buzzing about yes. now than there was earlier. You know, we try and get as much kind of bird life and things as we can. I'm quite excited about the increase in yellowhammers. Yeah. Which had declined on the farm, and they definitely more this year. Keep seeing them buzzing about. And also, when we were dairy farming and cutting silage in the third week of May, it wasn't much good for the skylarks. No. Now we make hay later, they can get a brood away. and they're doing really well. But I'm having an issue now with my hearing, and um Isn't I can't this... hear the larks anymore. Oh no. And if you can't hear them, you tend not to see them. No, ex- absolutely. We get a lot of roe deer. We get too many. You know, too many deer. They eat the you put plants, in yeah. the plants in the hedge, and they eat them. And also, the absolute pain knocking the electric fences over all the time. And we have a stalker, and he came in the other morning, and he shot a couple of bucks, and he said, "I saw twenty-five hares oh wow yeah that's a fun and, and I was at, the other morning I was out just one uh, around the cattle and there were, there were six all together running around and there was there was three youngsters <laughs> the other morning they almost ran into our truck and they they, they haven't grown into their ears no. you, know, you know what I mean <laughs> there's a certain age that their ears are just absolutely enormous relative to the rest of them well, it's so nice, thank you very much for
0: the tea and thank you so much for. We've oh, got pied wagtail on the reef as well.
5: Yes, yeah, they're often up there, and they're, they're great ones for following the cattle in the winter.
0: Get, um, I've, I'm going to go them? off on a tangent. Hang on, <laughs> but th- no, thank you very much indeed for your time. Yeah, the um, do you get yellow wagtails?
5: Well, I think I think it's great.
2: Well, I could have listened to Kev talking to farmer Will Best about the wildlife on that farm for a very, very long time. What a beautiful sounding place it was, and lovely to catch all the sounds of swallows and swifts. I'm delighted to say Kev has joined us in the studio. Kev, hello. Hello. Uh, it's great to see you. Um, and you all. Well, I say in the studio, he's joined us remotely from Dorset. So oh, because oh, yes. of, uh, the powers of modern technology. I mean, we can't zip you like Star Trek-like into the, into the studio, but uh, we're here with Hannah and Jack, as ever. And, uh, well, good to have you all here and to talk wildlife, farming, and most importantly, beer. Yes! <laughs> Kev, you got the best, best job in the series. Um, thank you for taking us into the brewery. It, absolute pleasure. And it's yeah, opened yeah, the door to a, a really
0: nice world, actually. I've been back since.
2: <laughs> have <you? laughs> We should have got you from the brewery today. <laughs> exactly. Uh, wonderful characters there, Vic jody and matt as well as obviously will um, just
0: amazing characters yeah absolutely and i think and the people that were coming in to the brewery they opened sort of for the public and um and there were just people coming and going and then lots of locals just coming in and they were helping out and doing this and doing that and just everyone was so happy and positive and welcoming and they just they just want to be part of it it's a really nice thing it's obviously um uh, there's a strong community feel at
2: certain. That, is, is that the beer or the local community? I think both? a bit of
0: both. I think beer yeah. always helps um, generate some community <laughs> spirit, doesn't <laughs> it? Yeah. Um, and if you're all sharing it, and they and they do various things, they've just had a, a festival there this weekend. Endorse it. They called it. En-
2: it's called Endorset? It.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> oh, well, got it. Okay. So it's pretty really yeah. slow today. <laughs>
0: Um, Which was a three-day do, um, which looked a lot of fun. And then in a couple of weeks, um, Chesney Hawks is going to be...
2: Chesney Hawks, the... the, uh, Yeah. uh, Hannah and Jack are too young for Chesney Hawks. Probably. you know know who Chesney Hawks is? I know the name. Okay. I am the one... I'm aware of him. Okay. I'm the one around me. Is that the
0: (laughs) one? That's him, yeah. yeah. Um, Uh, He had one... He had an enormous hit in the 80s, and he was at school with Vic and... um, He's doing a sort of benefit gig for, for Vic, who's not very well. So um, they're going to raise some money um, for treatment. And
2: oh my goodness, because Vic Vic was so spirited and so full of the joys of life,
0: yeah, amazing, how... yeah,
2: and really nice to sort of see the process as well and go, yeah. So you're surrounded by wildlife, as as you've you've explained to listeners before. You yes, get deep in the Dorset wilds, and you've, you're basically like a sort of Doctor Doolittle. Uh, we
0: with. do, yeah. The house is shared. In fact, we've got a Robin who um, has basically explained where he wants his food put. And um, and with the weather being good and the doors being open, he comes in the house now. And he just he flew in yesterday, flew up to the bookshelf, just sat sat on top of the books, just surveying his domain. So yeah, he's the boss at the moment. Robin, but he's now got he's now feeding a baby, hopping in and then getting some food and then feeding a youngster just on the step, which is rather nice.
2: Before we any further ado, it is a hot day. I mean, we're recording this an extreme heat wave in Britain at the moment. We are in a cool room in the basement, Kev. I hope you're cool there, but I, I've i got some cooling aids this end, and I, I think you might have a cooling aid that we've got some Dorset beer in the studio to so we can have some sort of. Harmonizing across the ether. absolutely and I'm going to open this, but Hannah, are you going to try it because I think you need to I need, you need to confess something here: <laughs>
6: <laughs> Feeling slightly like a fish out of water, as this is not something that I drink usually you don't, you don't drink beer? No, um, I have the taste of a child. I need things to be sweet at all times, so I haven't quite matured yet. Lucky into we have Jack here beer yet. Uh,
2: well,
0: as the sweet
2: yes, as the sweetness. I'm going to pour you those little, uh, Would you try it at least, yes, just to, just to a, for Kev's sake? Exactly.
6: I don't do anything for yeah. Kev.
2: So this is a a golden ale um, from from Dorset. It says from a not not the Cern Abbas brewery. I couldn't find any Cern, Cern Abbas. No, they're probably brewery not beer. not that far up in the shops. I wouldn't have thought,
0: but they're certainly becoming more and more available. Um, I am drinking
2: Cern Abbas beer. In my CERN Abbas. Oh, this is fantastic. So Kev has yeah. lifted the glass up. It has the giant, the CERN Abbas giant. We're going to come to CERN Abbas in a minute, mm. as a, uh, with all the rude bits still graphically on the side of the glass. And Kev's just. Kind of, just some, a, cheers. cheers. Oh. Summer's day. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> okay. No, I, I, I like that. It's really refreshing. And um, I'm imbuing it with visions of dorset coombs and mm. see uh, uh the golden cap and looking over the ocean drinking beer All those that lovely... one looks quite
0: summery summary and hoppy and um, very i quite like the um darker beers now i've got more into them okay mm. yeah
2: so that is the
0: traditional english beer really. i think yeah i guess so yeah yeah it would be because hops i don't think originate here do they
2: Okay, well, I, uh,
0: I don't know. I don't know. I think I think hops were brought it were in, brought in by someone, possibly the Normans. Now I'm way up my depths. I'm no. Do you know what, what we need about. to
2: do? Is more beer podcasts in order to get our exactly. <laughs> knowledge levels up? Exactly. Um,
0: but certainly, the the darker beer is generally more malty.
2: Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I brew. I I do Cheats brewing at home, which is where you get a kit from your local brewing shop. It's just a question of emptying this can of malted goo, like treacle, and adding sugar and water and yeast and hops, and then it magically turns into beer. But friends who do brew, it, and the smell from their houses when they're brewing properly with the, all the, gosh, boiling up the barley, and it's a heavenly smell. It's probably one of the most comforting smells of...
0: It is, it is. And the smell inside, the by all the sort of big drums in... At Abbas, the smell was unbelievable. It's not overpoweringly alcohol; it's just all the ingredients and the ginger because they were making that massive ginger.
2: Oh yeah, that
0: yeah. um, with forty kilos was it? Ginger. Oh gosh,
2: forty kilos of ginger. Yes, it's sort of like the entire harvest of a of Yeah, a, I and did. And I
0: had to go back and I did try that. It was quite nice. It's quite strong mm. as well. In fact, Hannah would probably like that cause it's quite. It's got the sweetness from the ginger. If you're a ginger fan,
6: I am a ginger fan.
0: Then you'd probably like that. It's got, mm. and it's quite strong as well, which can sometimes be nicer because it's about, I think it was seven or eight percent. So, you know, a couple of pints and you'd be dancing around the Christmas tree, I'd think. <laughs> but it was very nice.
2: Well, it's it it's indeed. definitely somewhere, it's a good inducement to me to go back to Cernabis because I haven't been there since I was eight years old. Apart was I from right? passing through, You were right. Yeah, it's yeah. where I caught my first ever fish, but um, because we were allowed in. We were taken to the pub and given a fizzy drink and told just to get on with it. And while the adults carried on, the holidays in those days were very simple. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I've got these vivid memories of just this sort of enchanted place, Cernobbio.
0: It's a stunning village. I think it was voted not long ago the but you know, one of the,
2: one one of the most desirable places in Britain to live. In. Oh really? Gosh, it's got a lovely. It's a lovely word a lovely name, Cernobbio. It
0: is. Yeah, I, I looked up actually, and um. And what, what, Thomas Hardy, I was, I'm always curious as to what he called villages, and he just called it Abacernly or something. Oh, really? He oh, <laughs> I mean, really yeah. stretched kind it. Out. That's what I would do. <laughs> <laughs> that's rubbish. It's so <laughs> bad. But, um, yeah. but, and it's obviously very well known for its giant, this huge um, chalk figure on the With hill. The phallus, yeah. 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 Recent research suggests that it could be Saxon because there's always been arguments about how old it Actually is, because the sort of white horse is up in Wiltshire and a much more recent Victorian, I think. Whereas this is, I mean, some people believe it to go date right back to Iron Age. But I think Saxon seems to be a popular.
2: That's pretty good. I think that's that's well over a thousand years. Yeah. Yeah. And it's quite crude. I think some of the horses on the hill, on the hills, particularly around um, Marlborough are very very recognisably modern horse shapes, yeah, whereas yeah. the the um, the White Horse Duffington is a, a marvel of form, and it, it's almost like a deconstructed horse. You've seen the White Horse at Duffington. I, I would have done. Oh, yes, yes. Well, I we, know have do po- oh, yeah, we have to do a podcast there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So of galloping across the hill It's yeah. the most extraordinary thing. I think that's an outing. So, Kev, while, while you're here, while we've got you, and while we're drinking beer, we've got to tackle a review that we've had. Uh, which is also, the reviewer has posed a question. We got this through Apple Podcasts, and it's from, it's from Mustard, and then in brackets, Colonel. Oh. And he says, a question for you all. He uh, says, this is a version of a question that I've ripped off from another podcast. That being said, however, here it is. If you could pick one thing to emerge from a chrysalis as, so if you were to go into a chrysalis and emerge into something else, what would it be? And he or he, she says, preferably something featured previously on the podcast. But I'm, I, I think we can, it's our rules. <laughs> um, <laughs> Colonel Mustard. Thank you, Colonel Mustard. It's a five-star review, so thank you very much for that. Um, but an intriguing question, one that's had us sort of stumped for a few weeks. So we've, we've been thinking about um, Kev or, I think Jack, actually. Jack, you look most confident you've got an answer to this one. Wow. Uh, what would it be? I think it would be an owl. Oh okay, partly because I've been told before I've got quite
0: hourly features oh. <laughs> uh, but I, I think also uh, specifically the one that flew into you yes the, uh, yeah. <laughs> bringing it back to being in the podcast yes. I'm a night night sort of person I'm not an early morning person i'm a sort of night person like an, uh, an really nightcls oh of course all the, the nightclubs um so i'm a a night person, and I think they're quite i i mean if i'm really if I'm really going deep with this. I think they some of their senses are really strong. Mm. Super sharp, yeah. I guess, so that for me, my hearing's probably yes. quite... Yeah. Oh, I've got a strong yeah, sense yeah, in that, yeah, that yeah. way. So maybe that's my, my link to being an owl.
2: Or a podcast owl. Yes. Fantastic. Okay, yeah. As Jack, as he's saying this, his head has just moved through 180 <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
6: degrees. Well, interestingly, I think I would also like to be a bird. Oh, right. But specifically... I'd like to be Helen MacDonald's bird. And I could just hang out with them all day and have a lovely time. So I wouldn't mind if I was like a parrot or a raven or a goshawk or anything, but it would be a lovely thing to be, I think. Yes, pigeon.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you'd be quite happy perched on Helen MacDonald's gauntleted hand. Kev, how about you? you, Um, Have you got a.
0: Well, I was going bird as well, actually. And I was thinking um, golden eagle.
2: Um, yeah, oh, of course, he has to one up <laughs> No, but no, now no. They they nails nails out,
0: it not yeah. <laughs> But listen, but now I've been, I've been, I feel like it's almost a bit cliched, and it's a bit, it's a bit too grand because Golden eagle is majestic. I mean, it is the most well, majestic. You're majestic, care. I mean, it, I yeah, can see I'm, it exactly. I'm definitely not. And then thinking about it, actually, um, a dormouse would be quite good. Dormouse, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because dormouse, yeah, exactly. Just because mm-hmm. uh, I'm good at sleeping. And um, and if you ever heard a dormouse snore, that's quite a,
2: that's quite. Have you a, heard a dormouse snoring? snoring. Have yeah. You heard, oh my goodness! I feel, well, I feel in your presence now. I don't think I've ever met anyone who's heard a dormouse snore.
0: Found someone doing a survey in the woods once, and um, and just tagged along until they got fed up, and, and then they found a sleeping dormouse. And yeah, it's just this really soft. They just sleep. And, they, and they, they're doing, they were surveying. I mean, they were supposed to be there and, and properly surveying dormice, under licence, but um, had a dormouse in their hands, and it's just curled up, and it's just...
2: Just A soft little snore. Wow, so, so that's the nice. so you picture yourself in that same sort of. Is it like 20? 20th...
6: In someone's hand. <laughs> yeah.
2: Helen like, doll's yeah. hand. She can I have get... Kev in one hand and, and <laughs> you in the other. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, I to... wouldn't
6: eat you, I promise.
2: <laughs> that would be, yeah, you that a sort of keep... yeah,
6: I wouldn't. I feel like I would keep some of my humanity. Be like, oh no, we'll look after Kev.
2: Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> let me sleep. Well, both you and uh, and Jack will be looking at Kev hungrily. <laughs> <laughs> I've got no
6: loyalties here.
2: <laughs> just a light snack. Yeah, it goes down really well with owl beer. I was thinking similar, like an adder would be quite fun just to yeah, bask in the sun. I mean, no, it'd be quite, quite nice not to have to do quite as much as I have to do during the day. So I like the idea of just crawling out when it's sunny and just... Bathing with very little, sort of that's that's it. Get warmed up and then perhaps go and catch a vole
6: I'm getting a sense of how tired you two are.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I can like, I can get the adder thing, although
0: but uh, the idea of never being able to blink would bother me.
6: Ooh, yeah, oh yeah, really? that's distressing.
2: Yeah, that'd be annoying. Although blinking is exhausting. <laughs> <laughs> exactly oh. adders have got it right down to, uh, <laughs> to limited activity they don't even bother blinking don't have to cut your toenails with a as you're an adder that's no. a brilliant thing you do have to uh,
6: shed your skin There, don't you
2: yeah oh, that's but, imagine that, uh, gosh, but imagine that gosh imagine sort of getting rid of it and going oh i feel fantastic today <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's a great question thank you colonel mustard um from the billiard room with the lead piping. That was a, a great... great <laughs> what would time. you
6: like to be, Colonel Mustard? Which... What would you like yes, to come back to? Yes, yes, yeah. yes,
2: exactly. Back at, you, back at you. And listeners, please do tell us what... Because I think we've had a go at it, but we've been taken a bit by surprise. So take your time to let us know the most... And why, what you would like to change into.
6: Another question we've been asking ourselves recently is, what is our favourite... Sort of picnic food or going out food? Like, what would you, if you're going out for the day, what can you depend on being in your back?
0: Oh, um, I quite like um, nuts, raisins, and trail mixes and things.
6: Mm.
0: They're good and they're just, um, and, and they do, they go a long way. You still a dormouse, mate? A little, house, mate. <laughs> a little, little bit. But yeah, those sorts of mixes with, with dried fruit as well, I quite like mm. those sorts of things. That's good.
2: That's I think that's nice. a great one. That's a new one for us. I'd, I'd like to hear some really interesting things for us to try out from listeners. That um, So please get in touch with me. I'm Fergus Collins. My email address is editor at countryfile.com. Kevin, what else have you been up to? Because I always love to hear your tales. You're always out finding interesting things.
0: I had a really, I had quite a, an emotional moment um, about 10 days ago and I went fishing apart from the light and I, yeah I, I, it was two amazing things happened the really amazing thing was i was sitting and it was a lovely it's this lovely tench lake and it's lily pads and it's there's no one else there and it's just it's a very nice spot and um and it's full of life and but then just out on my periphery sort of to the right i sort of i saw birds just moving and then there's two orders on the right hand side and i thought and they went behind those trees. And then my mind's like whizzing, thinking, trying to sort of process what it's seen. And I thought, that's interesting. Those, those swallows or martins that were mobbing that buzzard looked a lot more like crows that were mobbing a white-tailed eagle. And then no. and then as I sort no of worked through my head, I suddenly thought, oh, my gosh. And then so by the time they came out the other side of the trees, I was on my feet with my binoculars, which always come with me. And it was one of the white-tailed eagles oh my oh goodness. from the Isle of Wight reintroduction. And it's the yeah. first eagle I've seen for ten and a half years.
6: Wow.
0: Which is the longest period of my life that I've gone without seeing an eagle. They're reintroduced. They're taken. It probably came from a nest in Mull because they're doing so well up there. But so, And then they're released on the Isle of Wight. There's been a bit of hoo-ha with about around, the, around the reintroduction. Which it is a reintroduction, but there's been a bit of opposition and some. And sadly, one was found poisoned.
2: In Dorset, wasn't it? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's one of those deeply disturbing stories. It's yes. quite likely that it was deliberately poisoned. And we are still awaiting some sort of
0: yeah investigation,
2: think, aren't we? Or, or, I think the police closed the investigation. I think evidence for anything
0: like that is so difficult to. Um, a deliberate act is almost impossible to prove, but um, mm. but yeah, very sad. Um, but but on the positive, seeing this eagle was oh, just and for absolutely. an hour, I couldn't I couldn't fish, I just was and I was just grinning and I, I <laughs> felt a bit teary, it's just amazing. It just literally <laughs> left me that's absolutely so lovely buzzing. It was incredible. And the best thing is, because they're tagged, I contacted the chap who is part of the Roy Dennis association and he could tell me it was um i can't remember its tag number but it was a second calendar year male so it wasn't so not, even one not of the... quite
2: not quite ready to breed yet but just... no it's normally about five when they okay so we're gonna have to chill. wait wait before the ne- the first nesting attempt but that's very exciting times but massive birds
0: eight yeah. foot wingspan just looked very stupid going over this little tench pond. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> in they, the Dorset.
2: Don't, they don't, they seem to be out of play. Well, maybe that's what people think, is that they shouldn't be here. But actually, that, that's where but they, they used to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, Kev, that's brilliant. What Just full of full of joy as ever, a trip to a brewery and also happy tales of reptiles and very exciting tales of eagles in Dorset. So... Look forward to having you back soon on another adventure, and I know you're going to take Hannah fishing at some stage. Yes. Well, thank you. Before we go, I do have a countryside joke. It's been a while, (laughs) you know. Embrace yourselves.
6: It has been sweet reprieve.
2: (laughs) So, (laughs) why don't tawny owls mate in the rain? Uh, Shall I tell you? Because it's too wet to woo. Too wet to woo.
5: Good. Yeah.
2: Oh dear! Cue can laughter.
0: That's not bad. I almost. Have you gone, no, Kev? Yeah, I, can... I don't think I know. I, I don't. I can never pull jokes out to order.
2: No, I, I've had to spend. I've had to spend six weeks planning that. One. <laughs> Did it go down as well as expected? <laughs> oh. <laughs> Better actually. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. I was greeted with silence rather than, <laughs> rather than booing. Um, well, that was a wonderful adventure. Thank you, Kev. All that's left for me to say is thank you, everyone, for listening. Join us again next week for another lovely adventure in the countryside. But for now, goodbye.